and welcome to the Property Unleashed podcast with me, your host, Mark Fitzgerald. And today I am joined by a special guest. I have the lovely Louise Wynn with me. Welcome to the show, Louise. Great to have you on. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Good stuff. So Louise is the director and founder of Wildkin Interiors, and she is all about how you can maximize your profits and how you can actually make a product out of your property investing properties that can increase your earnings, can make it more comfortable for the people that are living or staying in your properties, and generally just help you attract more attention and, of course, more profits, which is what we like to your properties. So, Louise, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Oh, how long have you got? Um, so I, well, I started my career best part of 20 years ago, designing uh, show homes for big national house builders like Barrett's and Persimmon, all those kinds of guys. Um, and then about 18 months ago, I just decided to set up on my own. And and I now work, as you very eloquently said, with property investors and developers, whether they are selling properties or they are selling rooms. So I have a staging for sale service where I bring that kind of quality, show home quality to the rental market. So if you are an investor and you don't want to spend tens of thousands on a big show home because that would just be ridiculous and wouldn't make sense then you can rent all that kit from me and me and my team will stage and style your property um, and you can borrow that stuff for a, a fixed period of time or um, if you're selling rooms so you've got an HMO co-living space um, if you've got an SA holiday let etc and you want like you said more eyes on that property then you can work with me to to get higher yield and um, yeah, just get more eyes on that property. Brilliant. your investment. That's what it's all about. It might, it might, might as well maximize the effort because you do still see, even in today's market, a lot of people that you know want to scrimp and save, particularly when it comes to designing things. Uh, I, I speak to and know a few investors. Most of the investors I know are a bit more savvy now. But um, they'll spend an absolute fortune on a property, on you know redesigning a property, and then when it actually comes to marketing the property itself, they fall flat in the face, or they scrimp, or they save, and they think it's not worth its weight in gold. But I, I know through chatting to you, and we've known each other a while now, that you know people can maximise the profits just by you know bringing in a team, a professional like yourself, to come in there and actually help market things, and of course. I, I say right here and now as well, the marketplace is stagnant. You know, mm-hmm. properties mm-hmm. aren't selling the way that they were. So are you finding that um, you, you're being able to go in there and help people? Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to staging for sale, it has gone a little quiet now because people are just thinking about Christmas. But um, the best time to think about staging your property for sale is from the outset, not putting it on the market, testing the market, and then keeping your fingers crossed, and then suddenly panicking and going, nothing's happening, I'll stage it. If you get a, a property stager in before it's even gone on the market, then you can literally hit the ground running. It's that cliche of, you know, first impressions count. If you do it after the event, then you've already had a massive proportion of those people in that area who were interested in that property. They've seen it. 
they've not been interested in it, it's harder to get them to come back. So, um, yeah, it's always more successful if you do it from the outset, for sure. Um, and with with the kind of interior design service that I offer, so if you're, you've got an SA or an HMO, um, you know, the market is fairly saturated, especially with SA. So if you want to stand out, you really need to get a designer involved again from the outset. And you mentioned that you kind of are in the circles now with people who really do value interior design and they get a, a team in from the beginning. But there are, I mean, I'm, I speak on the pin circuit. I go to lots of different networking events. I see really experienced investors and developers talking. And then if they have that slide up that says, you need a power team, Honestly, I have never seen a slide that has either an interior architect or an interior designer on that slide. And I should, I will, I will learn to be this, but I should be more bullshit and like leap up and go, stop, you don't have a designer on there. But why don't they have a designer on there? Um, yesterday, so I've got a new client who I'm doing three essay designs for in, in one area so I'm coming up with a kind of brand identity for them a look and feel that they can um, tweak depending on the target market that they're aiming at but I got from them um, some architects drawings that I then needed to do a lighting schedule from and we're doing it in a little bit of a roundabout, not quite in the right way that we would normally do for reasons I won't bore you with. Um, but the architect had done exactly what the architect was supposed to do in that scenario. They'd they'd done everything. You know, it's no criticism of them. But an architect's job ends at a certain place. And I then had to figure out the lighting plan and when I looked at the furniture layout that the architect had sort of dropped on there and this is the bit that they don't need to think of to um to sort of in depth it didn't particularly make sense so I spent three hours once a job that I thought would take me probably an hour reconfiguring the furniture making the flow correct in every room so that I could then nail that lighting schedule so that when we come to doing um, specking the furniture it's perfect it's exactly how it should be and the lighting works with the placement of the furniture so you can see how a, working with a designer from the beginning will make your end product so much better than it would have been had you not had a designer and had you just worked with an architect and then done the rest yourself so that's just a brilliant example of how you know working with an interior designer can save you money and make your product better at the end of it Right. Way of answering your question. <laughs> I, sorry, I like long-winded. That's me all over. I'm long-winded. But it's great because you get the details, you get the facts and things. Yeah. And we were just yeah. chatting before this, and I, I said to you, you know, interior design, I know my strengths, and interior design, being creative with colours, and it's not. That's not a strength of mine at all. So for me, basically, for more for my benefit than anybody else, but let's just say I have either I've acquired a property, uh, whether I bought it or not. I'm, I'm going to do a, a refurb on the property myself. Now, I would have gone with the mentality. I thought, you know, I need the architect. I need plans. I need to get the build team in. We need to have a little look at this. I'll think where the sockets and stuff will go because, you know, that's what I think I have to do as a property investor rather than 
being, so to speak, the director or the CEO of my property business and thinking, why not get the experts in that live and breathe this to be able to tell me the best place for sockets? If you're going to put a bed there or you're going to put a wardrobe here and you're going to have your furniture and, and the way it's all going to be. So from my perspective, I've just bought a property. When would you say that I needed to speak to somebody like yourself? Right at the beginning. So um, and an interior architect or designer can help with with the with the drawings with the technical drawings so taking over from the architect to plot all the furniture out correctly think about those the lighting positions all the sockets um think about the placement of furniture the size of the furniture so so many times i'll look at a plan and it's got a table let's say with eight chairs around it a circular table and then when when i get the dimensions of that table you could only actually in reality fit four chairs around it. So these are the the skills that an interior designer has in terms of proportion and size of furniture that an architect just doesn't need to to, um, get involved with. That's not their job. So if a designer can be involved from the outset, then there's going to be no nasty surprises at the very end which is traditionally where people view an interior designer coming in, um, you know, just making it look nice at the end, making it look pretty. Um, but if they've done that work, what's that? Sorry, a bit of paint here, a bit of picture yeah. there. Karate chopper yeah. cushion, fluff the bedding, job done. <laughs> um, but no, if they can be involved at all of that from the outset, then you'll get a much more polished um, finished product and they can work and do that bit at the end and make it look amazing without any like I say nasty surprises at the 11th hour so always always from the outset and you know any experienced property investor and developer will know that and will have that on their will have someone like that on their power team for sure and because you need to have something as well you need you know you need to have ideas on is your budget going to work for what you want, a designer can actually, you know, tell you whether or not you've got that the, the right amount set aside to get that finish that you want at the end. Cool. Because you'll only do it a couple of times if you're a, a property investor before you actually think to yourself, hang on a minute, we always leave this to the last minute and it, it comes yeah. back and bites us. So it is handy yeah. to know because I don't think a lot of people do know when to get an interior design. For me, myself, I would have said, well, once the builders have finished, then I'll, I'll hand it over to your good self. But like yeah. you say, it can't be too late then. And of course, yeah. architects, they're not looking at the functionality of, of stuff. They're just banging it on a drawing and saying, this is where your table and chairs will go. This is where your sofa, this is where your beds will be. And they don't know. They're not walking around the property. They're not living in that property either. They're just saying, well, it needs a bed. It needs a wardrobe. It needs, a, you know, if it's a room. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I love that. And of course, the other thing is that I like, and I like talking to you about this as well, is you know that people in this day and age now, when they're living in properties, maybe renting properties or even rooms, it's not so much the property itself. It's more how the property makes them feel. Mm-hmm. People buy yeah. emotions. Now, if you buy a car, you you bought a specific car, I might look at your car and think, that's not for me, that. Why would you buy a car that looks like... But somebody's emotionally attached and bought that car because it means something or, or it makes them feel a certain way. And this is what, as property investors, I, I know for a fact now, because I've been doing it over time in, in the rooms and stuff that we have and the properties that we have, you, you get that emotional sort of effect that people walk in, they think, oh, I'd love to live here. 
all of a sudden then, you know, your prices can go up, you know, because yeah. people are willing to pay a premium for that. And I think it, it's still a lot of the old thinking is it gets overlooked. And I bet you see obviously more, you know, you see that a hell of a lot more than I do. For me, I see an open, I see a plan, a room. And somebody says, well, a bed can go here, you know, an ensuite's over there. And I, I'm like, yeah, I, I need to see it. I need to, I need to see a plan yeah, where some people can walk in and, and, and envision it. And, and so for yourself, I mean, how, how do you sort of get that, that, like you say, that flow so it feels right? Gosh, um, people do say I can just walk into a room and I immediately know what to do with it. I feel like I need to consider things a little bit more and take my time a little bit more. And sometimes you have a, a drawing, a technical drawing in front of you and you really are playing around with it, um, getting different pieces of furniture, configurations with furniture and just moving things around and figuring out actually what works best. So it can often take a little bit of time rather than just entering a property and going, Ta-da! I know what to do with it. You know, it does take a little bit more thought. So often you'll be playing around with different size sofas or does a corner sofa work better? Is it two, two, two seaters and two armchairs, whatever it is, and you're moving things around like a bit of a jigsaw and figuring out what, what works best for the flow. Um, so it does take a little bit of time, which is sort of going back to what I was talking about with the um, lighting plan I was working on yesterday takes time and it takes consideration to sort of figure out what might work best um yeah. and it takes you know cad cad drawings and different sort of technical packages to actually know that you're doing that to scale and in the correct manner so that when you're in that property at the end it works effectively so i would love to say that i have light bulb moments when i walk into properties um but that isn't always how it works it does yeah, it does take a little bit more thought and care. But um, yeah, just you just made me think, actually, I staged a property for sale. So that's when I stage for sale, I am renting out, like I said, kits. So I have a certain kit, as I call it, um, free. And someone rings me up and says, oh, can you stage for sale? Then I will use that kit. I might add to it and slightly change it. But in essence, that's what's going in a house. So there's no kind of planning of space or anything because um those people are borrowing from me it's not a show home where they're buying everything so I'm making the, the best use of what I have in terms of their property and if I don't feel something work will work that's when I will add to my kit the point of me telling you this is um I was staging a, a four level townhouse in the summer and I um they wanted window dressings as an upgrade because normally to see because you can't move window dressings that's not something that, that's in the standard package so I went a few days before to measure up the windows and I walked into this house and I walked into this enormous room and I was like this bedroom's massive but it doesn't have an ensuite and then I was like oh it's the lounge <laughs> but because it was a house on floor four levels it it was really a house that needed staging so that it was great that they decided to do that before it going on the market but it just shows that even someone who's been doing this nearly 20 years sometimes struggles to understand the usage of a room and um yeah that's when staging is a really really good idea definitely well it is because it gives you that whole concept and that whole idea about like you say you, you, there's no mistakes is there you're walking in it's like oh a living room or another living room or something like that yeah Totally. Yes, absolutely.
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, cool. I say, I say, um, awkward houses are good for staging. But I genuinely, genuinely believe that no house should go in the market without being staged. Or, of course, it's if it's Mr. and Mrs. Jones's property, without them decluttering and making the best use of it, because we are humans, like you've just alluded to. We buy based on emotion. You cannot get as anywhere near as excited about four empty walls as you can about, you know, um, a room that's furnished where you understand how it's supposed to be used and where colour and pattern have been introduced. Um, You probably heard me say this before, Mark, but colour is emotion. We process colour in a part of the brain where we process um, emotions. And therefore, it is a scientific fact that colour makes us feel an emotional, uh, makes us have an emotional connection, an emotional response. So it's so Mm. important to kind of introduce that into a property and you will get more eyes on and you are probably going to get it sold for more money and you will get it sold more quickly. And if you do that retrospectively, Yes, it's helpful still, but it's not not going to have the same level of impact as if you were doing it from the outset. And you've got to change that mindset of thinking. I always say think of property as a business. Now, if you go through any of the big, you know, home builders, mm-hmm. what is their first house? What do they call it? They call it a show home. Yeah. And what's it got in it? Furniture. It's got wallpaper. It's got paintings. It's got all sorts. It gets you in there. You feel like. I want to live in this property. I don't want them to change a thing. Because and have they stopped doing show homes with all CGI and you know a virtual staging? Have they stopped? No. There's a That's reason exactly. for that. And they have, you know, the all the money in the world to be able to invest in the best technology, which they do, and they have some mm-hmm. great technology as an additional resource but there's still a show home and there's still often several show homes on a site. And, and that's for a reason. Um, so if you want to copy the big, the big players in the business, then it is, you know, their best marketing tool and it can be anyone's best marketing tool. That goes for whether you're selling properties or you're selling rooms within properties, it's getting something presented nicely is your best marketing tool. You don't have to reinvent the wheel and, you know, follow, like you say, what the big boys are doing. I always look at the million pound houses. And when you walk around, you know, those houses for sale, they're dressed. They've made them into show homes. They, you know, you can sit down, you, you see yourself living there, can't you? Put your feet up. Yeah. So why not do it with your two up, two down, even if you're selling that? Get the most you can from it because the cost that you will pay for being making it into a show home, you will more than make on the sale. You know, on, on yeah. the price, you'll probably even treble what you've actually paid somebody like yourselves to go in there and dress it and you'll sell it quicker. So if you are stuck on the market at the moment and you're struggling to sell a property, as you've rightly said there, I didn't even think of that. People will have come and seen the property, A, because it's maybe in an area that they like, B, because, you know, it's it's a property that they like. But they've walked around an empty carcass. It feels cold. It, mm. it doesn't feel homely in any way, shape or form if it's an empty property. Um, and, of course, if it isn't an empty property, let's just hope it's nice and tidy. Uh, that's another one. You see some of those beautiful pictures, don't you, that the uh, estate agents put on. And like there's a pile of clothes in the corner. You always think to yourself, well, you just move that, wouldn't you? You just wouldn't have that there if somebody's coming around to take pictures of your house. Anyway, that's a different topic. I've gone off topic. Um, but yeah, you, you you really want to feel the emotion. You want to you want to feel the property. You want to get the vibe as you're going in there. And I, I bet it's quite satisfying. You don't see drying on the screens, do you? 
But not really, no, no. <laughs> it's not it's a big real. selling point, is it? In a bad way. Yeah, it's like walking around and saying, hey, up, love, that's all right, I can hang me boxer shorts there. Happy days, I'm buying this house. That's not the sort of people we're trying to attract here. We want a, we want a premium. We want a premium. But I bet it's quite satisfying for you as well, isn't it? not to go in there with a blank canvas, you know, uh, and get the results that you want. It really is. And often I go into a house and I'm like, oh, not sure about this. And then... You know, and I won't be the only one who does this that thinks this. So it's not me trying to blow my own trumpet. But by the time I'm finished, I'm pottering around in there, just doing all those kind of last minute finishing touches. All the team have gone, all the furniture's in place. And it's the the extra little bits which do make a hell of a difference. Um, so those accessories and all those bits that, that kind of really elevate it and make it feel like a home. And I'm pottering around in there and I'm just clearing my stuff up. And then I'm like... I could actually move in here now. And I'm not just saying that because this is what I do for a living. I genuinely mean it. Often I, I the transformation is massive. And one of the best bits is seeing people's faces when they come back into their property and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe what you've done with it. I don't want to sell it now. Um, so yeah, it's brilliant to hear things like that. But I actually feel that myself as well. You know, a property can feel uninspiring or it can just feel like you said cold and uninviting um and then suddenly it feels like a home so it's not um it's not a scam it's not um you know something that designers talk about working just because we like design it actually does create a better feeling and that should equate to a quicker sale and a higher return on your investment definitely and um it's not. A, it's certainly not a scam, as you say, because people are doing it. Big big companies are doing it. IKEA makes a fortune, and people yeah. walk around, you know, IKEA's to look yeah. for inspiration, and yeah. that's why they give you the rooms so that you can feel their products and think, I want that product in my house. Again, yeah. if you walk around any other furniture shop and you just see them in, in rows, I'm terrible for that. I walk around and Lisa's a lot more creative than me. She'll be like, oh, that looked great in the living room. I'm like, oh, God, I don't know. She'll put it in the living room and it'll probably look great. I'll be quite yeah. honest when I'm there. But, of course, you go you go to one of these showroom places. You sit down on the sofa there. You look over. You think, yeah, I can put my beer on there. I can put that in there. Yeah. That a happy days. You, you, emotion. It's all emotion. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, it's, you know, colours, like you say, are, are massive on that, aren't they? Mm, and it, just talking about colour, it is the same with colours. So all those paint companies who advertise a particular paint colour, that's the paint that will sell. When when builders are specking a kitchen and they put um, a particular colour kitchen in a show home, that's the one that will sell. People need to be able to sh be shown. Um, not sure if this figure's correct, but apparently nine out of ten people really struggle to visualise something. So when they see it, they're good with it. But actually, if you show them a, a, a green kitchen cupboard door, they'll be like, oh, my God, it's a green kitchen cupboard door. Put it in with a worktop, style the kitchen. Then they're like, oh, it's a green kitchen cupboard. You know, nice. so it, it just does really help. Um, yeah. And I think that's talking about colour. I, I do appreciate that a lot of investors, they really do try and developers, they're really trying to add a creative element to their design. If they're designing themselves, they're trying to use colour and trying to get away from magnolia and just beige or grey everywhere. 
But the problem then is, if you're not trained and you're not experienced, you start to look around at what other people are doing. And then the market becomes saturated with a feature, Farrow and Ball, Stooky Blue wall, you know, that really dark navy. So everybody has three white walls and a dark navy wall as a feature. Um, and it's not that they're you're not trying, they're making an effort to do something. And I do totally see that. But that is all you see now. Or in an HMO, you see uh, a headboard in a bedroom with a yellow or orange stripe behind the headboard that goes onto the ceiling. And that, you know, that's someone trying to be creative thinking, well, they've, they've done that, I'm going to give that a go. But then everyone's doing it. And also, I'm trained in colour psychology and massively question the use of really bright colours like that in a bedroom. Um, and I don't think it's the right space for it. So having someone who is trained and experienced in the use of colour and pattern um, can really help you do something different and to stand out from the crowd. So it's not a criticism, but if you are someone who is feeling like you want to invest in a designer, but you're not really sure you've been dabbling and you've been trying to do it yourself, but you recognise that in you, then maybe it's time to actually employ someone to to do that design work for you. Definitely. So what um, what are the services then that you offer? So I offer, like I say, that staging for sale service. So that's for investors and developers who are selling, whether they're selling one plot or whether they're selling, you know, 50 or 100. Um, just being able to get that show home look by borrowing that furniture um, and having an experienced team come in and stage and style the property. So that's going really well. And I'm trying to grow that side of the business. I'm just about to invest in another kit. Um, I've got a job happening in January. So that's all very exciting. And I'm getting my um, eighth kit. So I've got seven out there doing their job helping to sell properties around the north um and then the other service i offer i can kind of work with people much further afield um because i can do a lot of the work virtually so it's an interior design service as i've been talking about sort of on and off throughout this um chat so if you've got service accommodation if you've got an hmo co-living space and you're wanting to kind of elevate that then I can work with investors to do that. So at the moment, like I say, I've got an essay, a, a client who's got three essays in Liverpool. Um, I'm working to create a bit of a brand identity as well because they are very much going for it, buying lots of properties. Um, so I'm coming up with a, a kind of colour palette and tweaking that palette to use depending on the particular target market for that particular property. So that's really nice. It's kind of working with them at the beginning of their journey and creating something that they can be proud of and roll out for different properties in the future. So, yeah, that's very much more an interior design service. And that's kind of the more creative side of the business, really. So you don't uh, you don't walk around show homes yourself or at least and drop a few business cards for uh, anybody potentially looking to buy a new home. Um, when I set up on my own, I kind of had to keep my hands off the big house builders who I'd worked for previously okay. from my employer. Um, so then I was like, what What am I going to do? Um, and then 
I thought, right, well, I'll work with people with kind of small to medium-sized portfolios. That's fine. Well, I'll do that instead. And I went to PIN in Harrogate, and this whole new world has opened up to me of, um, you know, property investment and networking and training and, and everything that I didn't know existed or was out there. So actually, from something that I was a little bit nervous about, because it was a slight deviation. It was a deviation in terms of the, the clients that I'm used to working with. It's been it's been brilliant. I've really genuinely one of the best parts of of being an entrepreneur, doing what I'm doing is is the networking, is the growing my network and meeting new people. And yeah, like I say, a whole sort of world that I didn't even know existed has um has kind of yeah is now is now my world really. So yes. I don't do that in terms of dropping my business cards off. But um, I have worked with some big PLCs who they've had a show home. They or not even just PLCs, but, you know, the really big national house builders. They've had a show home and they've now got a stock plot. So a plot that's ready to go, but it just won't shift. Or they've only got maybe 20, 50 plots left to sell. They don't want another show home. They sold their show home a while ago. They're not going to spend another 60 grand on one. So my service works really well for them. So actually, I, I do still work with some of the, the big ones. But um, yeah, I don't know how popular I'd be if I did my business card round in this area with my with my previous employer. Well, no, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, the old saying goes, you don't know what you don't know. And I have to say that when you're in, when now you're in the sort of ecosystem of the property world, it feels quite a big system, doesn't it? It feels quite a big place to be rather than... Like, how I did know, I never know? It, well, that's what I was going to say. When I was in my corporate job, I didn't know about half of this or, or I didn't know about any of it. And it, so a lot of people say to me, well, it's saturated in what I'm doing. Everybody's doing it. They're not near enough everybody doesn't know about what you're trying yeah. to do what, what you're doing you you do now because yeah. social media and it always hears you talking about property so all it does is show you property yeah. and you yeah. think the whole world's doing it and they're not yeah. we're only a small little marketplace but it is bigger than you think yeah totally and i've got not that many connections on linkedin really i'm still 18 months in and i'm growing that but I feel like I know all the investors in the country. And then I look at someone who I've just connected with and they've got like 25,000 connections. I'm like, oh, I've still got a bit of work to do there then. <laughs> but it's good on so, LinkedIn yeah. though, isn't it? Because if they've got all those connections, then all of a sudden there's second connections to you. I don't know how it all works and everything, yeah. but uh, yeah. it is good to to reach out and connect with people it's as good, much as possible there. It's a so, good place to hang out, yeah. If somebody was buying a property themselves, would would you would they be all right to would you so let's just say I was buying another house to move into with my family and I thought to myself, do you know what? I want I want the Louise touch on my house. Could I employ your services to basically design it for me? Um I do have a couple of residential clients. It has yes, but it has to be a a big sort of decent project, like you say, if you're wanting to overhaul the whole house I don't tend to work on a sort of room by room basis or just a few rolls of wallpaper or you know a, a decent kind of project um 
when, when I say a decent project, I mean something to get my teeth into that I can. So I'm not just working on one room and then the rest of the house doesn't feel cohesive. Just trying to, I can help you to create a cohesive look and feel for your whole house um, for sure. Yes. Um, but it's not something. You know, they always say you've got a niche, you've got a niche. So when I first started out, I was like, right, I'm an interior designer. I can design anything. I'll work with anyone. And um, and then as time has gone on, I've been like, why am I doing that? Stick to what you know. I'm used to working with developers. So that is my niche. I will use that um, as I always have done. Um, but that's not to say that for the right resi client, I wouldn't work with them. Okay, cool. How was Andy today? Uh, brilliant stuff. So at about this time, normally, I like to do a little quick fire round quiz. Uh, it's not a quiz, actually. It's just a few questions that I like to ask my guests because I'm interested in the answers. You all right with that? Yeah, yeah. Good. I cool, think. Cool. What's the best advice you've been given? Oh, God, there's so much advice I've been given. Um, um, I'm just trying to think if I've got, if I've got a a best bit I mean what I am realizing and what you hear a lot of within property is that and it's real real cliche is that your your network is your net worth and I've said this earlier I I'm loving kind of getting to know people and where that's taking me and it's so interesting you sort of have goals and you have a path that you and you know you think you want to get to here but it's that it's that little journey on the way that um is just brilliant you know it takes you off on little tangents and that's not a bad thing that's a good thing i mean last night i went to a, an event with female founders in leeds and that happened because of a whole other string of events of meeting different people so i i just think getting out there networking and meeting people people are so much better connected than I am you know they've been doing this for way longer than I have um in terms of their entrepreneurial journey so um although I think I'm really expanding my network and getting out there and meeting people there's still so much more to do and and that's actually exciting and yeah I love that and you can't <laughs> as a certain property investors you see everywhere and they literally live for networking but that's a brilliant way to be that is a, the way to be isn't it I think um so yes that's probably the best advice um I think I've had that's good that's good I like the one and it, it goes along with that the more hands you shake the more money you make because it's all yeah. about relationships isn't it making yeah, money yeah. is all about relationships so yeah brilliant good stuff good stuff <clears throat> uh if you could sit and have dinner with three people alive or dead anybody in the world who has who has been around in existence who would you like to sit down and have dinner with you got three um hmm. i love mary portis do you know mary portis of mary queen of shops off of like the 90s so she had a ginger bob. No, you don't know her. Anyway, she was all about, she worked for um, Harvey Nicks and she was all about consumption and buying stuff. And now she's much more about um, better business and doing things the right way and ethically. And she's a real kind of powerhouse of a woman. Um, so I would love to have dinner with her. I also absolutely love, uh, you might not have heard of this guy either. 
His the name's man. David. His name's David Hyatt. So he lives in Wales and he started a t-shirt brand that was bought by Timberland, maybe in the noughties. And he um, he's from Cardigan in Wales, which used to have a massive jeans factory and 400 people lost their jobs overnight um, at the beginning of this century. And he is on a mission. He's now set up a jeans jeans factory with his wife and he is on a mission to get those 400 people their jobs back and he is really inspirational brilliant writing and um i just find him fascinating as well and i should probably say someone that's no longer alive shouldn't i but um can't think Jeez, of anyone you're free. on the spot not very good at this kind of thing <laughs> try do it um this is why you do it. You could have given me a heads up here, Mark. Come on. No, no, this is just it. It's just off the cuff. It's yeah. What makes it fun? Yeah. Um, 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 is this an embarrassing length of silence? Yes. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. Okay. Okay. I've heard of I her. Just, I just said it. <laughs> my mind just gone blank. Um, no, I don't mean Margaret Thatcher at all. Everyone's switched off now. It's like, yeah. you said Margaret Thatcher, I'm switching off. <laughs> um, third person is, I would go for, ooh, Mark, my mind's gone really blank. Okay. No worries. It could be anybody. It could be a friend. <laughs> I know. Um I'm going to go for, I'll just go for Margaret Thatcher. Okay, interesting. Be an interesting I table. I don't know what's happening to my brain. I've literally forgotten all the people I know. Well, get ready because you've got some more questions coming. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> uh, right, so, okie dokie. Uh, do you listen to podcasts? A little bit, not loads, not loads. I tend to <laughs> listen to music when I'm in the car. Okay. Were you going to ask okay. me my favourite podcast? Uh, well, have you had three podcasts that you recommend? I can't do threes. Can't do threes. We well, got to because that's the that's the rules. <laughs> um, can I just check what they're called? Yeah, of course you can. You're going to need to edit this. You do know that. We don't do edit. And I've turned my phone off as well. Oh, bloody heck! So you can't think you cannot think of one podcast that you listen to off the top of your head. I can't. I just can't think of the names of them. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, How to Own the Room is one of my favourites. Okay. So it's about people who have real presence and how they own the room when they walk into a room. So I do love that. Um, I just I can't remember. One. I can't remember whose podcast it is. Oh, don't worry about that. I just need the names of them. How to Own the Room, definitely. Um, and there's also another one by someone called Elizabeth Day that I can't remember. Mark, I'm really sorry. It's all right. It's not a problem. A this makes it entertaining. Age. I'm a woman of a certain age and my brain has gone blank. dying for me. Don't ask me names, okay? I'm rubbish with names. You know. I can't do names but... One more. One more. Come on and you've done it. Right. Okay, my phone's on. Oh, yeah. How about, um, what's his name? Stephen Bartlett. That's an obvious one, but... Oh, Diary of a CEO. It, it is really good. 
there you go. I said I'd there do two. You did three, didn't you? Yeah, Diane yeah, I definitely did three. Diane yeah. something. What was that one? How to own the room. No, well, was that Diane? Oh, no, I know what I like. I really like, there you see, I just needed to look at my phone. I really like Annie Mac changes. That is really interesting. So she interviews people who have had three significant changes in their life and what those changes were and how it affected their lives. So she talks to all sorts of different people. Cool. So I always listen to that on the plane. Nice, 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 Ooh, nice. Sorry about that, listeners. Right, the next three things. Your top three books. Oh, my God. Right. I'm not telling you my top three. I'm just going to tell you what I've recently read, okay? Yeah. All right. It could be anything as well. Be, it could be so I have just read, I bought this years ago, I've just read How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is such yeah. a good book, but I do wish they'd update it because the reference points are like, Roosevelt and you know people from I don't know 100 or so years ago so it just feels too dated I think I think it would really benefit from a refresh but a great book um really have enjoyed that and then I've moved on to uh and then I've only just read Rich Dad Poor Dad I know because most people start with that don't they but yeah, yeah yeah that's a good book so I've just bought his other one but I've not read that yet What's don't that? ask me what the that's the one that's better. That I enjoyed that more. I've heard that. People have said that. Yeah. So that's why I bought that one. And then the um Think and Grow Rich. I'm on Think and Grow Rich at the moment. Napoleon Hill. Good book. Good book. That's um, yes. Yes, I oh, did blank. three quite quickly there. You're going through some really good books there. The thing is, you could say um uh thingy, uh influence people. What's it? How do we How friends to win friends? people? Yeah. How do you update it when the author's dead? Well, because that you can not the author update it, but I don't know. Yeah, there must be taken away from. I know what you mean. I, I'm no, because yeah, honestly, genuinely, often books are updated. That's not. Um, oh yeah, I know. The, the um the Richard Poor Dad. Oh, he updated it. Fair fair dues. He, he did he's update alive, that. Right? Or, or yeah, their yeah. kids do it, or their or their trust, or or whatever. Yeah, I'm only kidding. Exactly. I'm just kidding with you. Just kidding with you. But yeah, no, no. I, but I, I, I do think it should be. I think you should write to the editor. Get that. Get make that happen. I'm all right. I, I can deal with how it yeah, is now because I think a lot of the old things still apply today. Yes, we've got certain certain things, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying as well. It's it is quite nice to have. Uh, um, more up to date sort of examples with with yeah. things that's more relevant right. to now, but um, you know that's a classic. <laughs> Let's change the classic. Play with a classic. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, you can, you can. I'll leave you to it. I'll leave you to it. Right. Let's uh, let's find out how. So, if anybody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to contact you? Um, I love using LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Louise Wynn, W-Y-N-N-E. Um, and I think I was fortunate enough to be the first Louise Wynn on LinkedIn. So you'll find me very quickly if you type my name in. And I'm also on Instagram and a little bit on Facebook. It's at wildkind. So W-I-L-D-K-I-N-D interiors. Um, I'm 
dabbling with other socials, but they're the ones that you can find me on. And I've also got a website, wildkindinteriors.co.uk. Absolutely marvellous, marvellous, marvellous. Well, we'll put the links to your social feeds in the description. So if you're listening to this, go down and have a look. If you're watching this, go down and have a look. Uh, and reach out to Louise. She's uh, always posting. It's great to see. It's great to see that you're also, you know, getting out there. You're doing your talks as well. So, you know, local networking events. She talks all different events and things. So do look up, keep your eyes open for her. She's a lovely character. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you Hello. joining me here today. Thank you so um, much. That's all right. That's all right. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Um that I think I need to take some kind of vitamin for my memory and apologies for stumbling over that little question bit, but no, I'm, I'm all good. It's been fun. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's good. It's been good. So again, make sure that you've enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to share it with any friends, uh, anybody that's out there. You can leave us a five-star review, which is always gratefully uh, received and helps the show to reach a few more people as well. And it's your good deed for the day if you do so. But yeah, follow, subscribe, like, comment. <laughs> reach out to Louise on social media. I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, and at the end of the day, make sure that you have your vision. You know how to take action on your vision. You break your vision down into goals, bite-sized chunks and tasks that you can do every single day. You be consistent and persistent in your approach and you can achieve anything. I look forward to you joining me in the next episode. You all take care and bye for now.